sisters, join the resistance. Come on, let's start by talking tactics. Have a pass and match us. Here's how we practice. The last order conversation. Hey, everybody, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. And this is Patrick Riccardi. And this week, Pat. We're doing SCTV versus Community. Which don't have a super lot in common, aside from uh, being ostensibly comedies on uh, that were on TV. But uh, Dan Harmon did a, a thing. They asked him about his, his biggest influences for Community, and SCTV was one of the ones he listed. So we chose that, and, uh, and that's what we will start with. Um, we watched SCTV 90 uh, season one, I guess, episode one. It was the first episode of SCTV that aired on NBC. On NBC, right. Um, and if you if you look at the Wikipedia entry for SCTV, it's kind of a, a scattered history. It's all over the place. It starts off. It starts off with the guys you know, the John Candy. Uh, Ra- I think Ramus was part of the start. Um, Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara, and then this is kind of they shed and gain new new actors as the show goes on. So Moranis was never a part of Second City, but he came on the show later from radio, and Martin Short came in much later after after we watched after it. After this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and oh, I didn't know Rick Moranis. Didn't. So they started out on uh, the CBC, I assume, on Canadian. Yeah, TV. some and Canadian TV. It was they were uh, the people who ran Toronto Second City wanted to have something on television, and it's all it's disputed who came up with what idea, but they definitely came on TV in, in Canada and it was the main second city troop. So that's, that's the people who were on there originally. Got it. And, um, start off as a half hour show, which it probably worked better as a half hour show. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about, I don't know if it, if it would work better as a half hour show. I, I remember, um, being a kid back then. I mean, I, what was this like 1980 or so? Um, so I was I was kind of into you know Saturday night well basically all there was at that point for sketch was Monty Python which w- which would show in reruns on PBS and Saturday Night Live and SCTV and a lot of people loved SCTV I never got it and I thought maybe at the time you know I was young I thought maybe uh it was it was a little too subtle for me maybe and that's why I didn't get it but on rewatching it it's it's not too subtle. That, that, uh, no, it's not subtle at all. It's funny, but it's not subtle at all. I, it, it didn't work for me a, a lot of the time. Um, I, well, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on, on this this ep- first episode that we watched. It's definitely hit or miss, but there's some little stuff that they did well. I, I, that, uh, 90 minutes was way too long. If, they if it was just a half hour, I think it would have been a lot funnier. But um, – yeah, I didn't. I never cared. For, when I was a kid, I didn't understand it, and now I just don't like it. There's there's a couple of characters they created just for SCTV where it's the owner of the station and the station manager. Uh, Joe Flaherty plays the owner who's in a wheelchair by choice, and I think Andrea Martin plays the the, the, the station manager. Yeah, station manager, and both those characters are really annoying and not funny at all. Just just nope. kind of uh, just loud. It's yeah. that loud comedy that I don't care for. But some of the stuff that they do is like I always like, and I still liked on this episode the. The Rick Moranis and uh, Dave Thomas doing. Oh yeah, Great the, White North. Uh, Great White North. That's funny. Fun, that's really funny. It's silly, and it's obviously they just came up with it and went with it. It's like it didn't take a lot of writing or anything. I think they just came up with the characters and they did the characters, and they're so funny. The two actors are really funny, and uh, the some of their their impersonations of celebrity, celebrities were funny. Like Rick Moranis was pretty spot on as Woody Allen. As Woody Allen, and he was. Maybe not spot on, but he was funny as Merv Griffin too. Yeah, yeah, very funny. But so that's that stuff was funny, but it, it was a little loud, a little a little in your face. But there was some well written skits, like the like the Don Money, I think it was called, where he he was a private investigator, or a police investigator who got all his investigating by bribing people. Yeah, was, yeah. Well, it but, was making fun of those cop shows in a good way. Right, and that's that's kind of what I got out of watching this was that um, they had a lot of good premises. Um, and that's basically all it was, was a bunch of premises. And then they just barely fleshed them out. But it wasn't, I mean, once you had the premise, you got all the jokes, you know. Yeah. I mean, you, you, there yeah. was nothing surprising about the comedy. Um, once they laid the premise out, that was it. And they just followed it to its inevitable conclusion, I felt like. I, f- I feel like making that criticism about a show from 30, 
was it 40 years ago is it's unfair because there's no surprises because there's no surprises it's it's been done a million times since then true and and it's as we've said before it's almost impossible to watch uh comedy out of its own time and and judge it fairly but uh but some of the humor was just really dumb and predictable. I mean, just like the Saturday Night Live episode we did that on of that terrible episode. Some of it was at least that bad. Yeah, yeah. I thought the opening uh, thing with uh, with Jeopardy, they had kind of a, a Jeopardy thing where people kept buzzing in before he'd finished the question was just painful to watch. I almost See, I I disagree. I thought that was I I thought it was predictable and stupid, but I thought the the acting was good enough to overcome that. The act, well, I will say this, that I don't think there's, I didn't like the show that much, um, but Mm -hmm. I can't think of another show with more people who I enjoy. I mean, they're all, they're all great. Oh yeah. All the actors. And I didn't like the show. How how this show was, was was kind of a cult. It wasn't really a a popular show. Maybe it was popular in Canada, but I don't think it was super duper popular, but everyone from the show just about went on to do great things. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, and they're all they're all excellent. They're all really talented, obviously. Um, I had a huge crush on Catherine O'Hara. Oh shit! Sorry, I got a Facebook message and it popped up on our conversation. From Catherine O'Hara? Uh, uh, don't I wish? It's from Amy or Ami or however you say her name. God damn it, woman! Do you know when we do our podcasts? All right, we need to have a talking to with her, but uh. Yeah, I had a huge crush on Catherine O'Hara. I it was a cult thing, and it was kind of um, like the the comedy nerds. Even even though I was a kid, there were still comedy nerds, and it was like they were the same ones who were into Monty Python. I don't think Monty Python was huge here until maybe uh, the movies came out. You know. Well, I, I mean, weren't the movies out in the seventies? Yeah, that that's true. Um, yeah, maybe you're right. I, I mean, among kids my age at that time, oh, there, yeah, were, I don't, there were only I don't, a couple who were into Monty Python. Like, I had I a mean, friend who watched Benny Hill, which I hated. <laughs> I, I still watch it because it was on Sunday nights. And back then, there wasn't many channels. But I, I, I see what you're saying about the movies. I think maybe Monty Python got more popular at, with the advent of VHS, where people were renting the movies, like Life of Brian and um, Holy Grail. Holy Grail, uh, Meaning of Life, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I totally think so, because I remember that uh, early to mid-80s, it was, you know, we were all quoting Monty Python all the time. Um, but, but yeah, I I thought, really, I, I don't have a lot to say. I didn't laugh a lot. There was some good acting. There was some actually clever writing. I thought um, the last bit where it was kind of filmed, and it was uh, Woody Allen, Rick Moranis as Woody Allen um, trying to do a movie with Bob Hope, uh, Dave Thomas as Bob Hope, was was pretty well observed as far as um, getting the characters of Bob Hope and Woody Allen down and, and their tone. Mm-hmm. And um, Bing Crosby. And, and Bing Crosby. Um, but it, it still, it didn't make me laugh especially. No, that, that was the, was probably the most interesting bit, but the, also the least funniest. Yeah. I didn't yeah. have a lot of big laughs in that, but it was, I was kind of surprised by how good of a, a, a Woody Allen Rick Moranis did because, I mean, I know he's kind of a nerdy little guy, so it works, but he was spot on. It was yeah, really he nailed it. It was perfect. I mean, the the Bob Hope's was just Dave Thomas. I mean, it wasn't you know he did he had some of this stuff, but Rick Moranis really was Woody Allen. Yeah, but he he did he did Bob Hope more in spirit. I felt like where you kind of yeah. you kind of got like yeah, that's probably what Bob Hope is like. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I I agree with you, but I I think I liked that. Did you like that that part? I appreciated it. Um, okay, and I, I agree with you there. Yeah, I did. It wasn't especially funny, but it was it was especially well done. Yeah, it was. Um, and and then there were just a lot of really really short skits, um, that were just you know seconds long, which which is good. I mean, at least they didn't run the premise into the ground with some of those, but also not especially funny. Um, I've, and I, there's a lot that I don't remember. I, I think the, 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 the one I'm talking about with the investigator might've been the best skit in the episode from what I remember. I, yeah, I mean, I kind of liked what they did. They did a, a leave it to beaver 25 years later. Yeah. That, um, I forgot about that one. That was really dark. You know, beaver ends up, uh, killing Eddie Haskell and, and beaver and Wally are still living at home with their parents and Ward's a drunk and June's going to run off with, uh, the neighbor. And Eddie Haskell's gay. Um, and Eddie Haskell's gay. But uh, 
but like I said, once once you got the premise, nothing was really it went where you expected it to go. So I, I that was kind of a that was kind of a prescient skit when you think about child actors after that. What became of them? Yeah, and they also I mean they made a joke about uh, where Ward says I thought for a while I thought you were killed in Vietnam to Beaver, which was a big thing back in the day. I guess it was a big rumor. That, that one of his urban legends. That yeah, Jerry Mathers had been killed in Vietnam. Um, but yeah, overall, just the same problem that there always is with sketch comedy, at least sketch comedy that you see on TV where, um, where there, it's very one note or one joke and they, and they keep beating that joke to death. There was yeah. a lot of that here. Um, and, uh, uh, when, um, Dan Harmon talks about this show, what he likes about it is that they are all having fun and they're, they're obviously doing it for themselves and it's cheap sets and that kind of thing, but they were kind of giggling as they did it. And so he's, his aha moment was you got to do this stuff for yourself. Your job is to have fun in front of other people. And I, I can see what he's saying. I get that. Yeah. They did look like they were having fun. It did look like a good time. It wasn't, it wasn't just a job. No, but it also, um, it was super spotty. Like you said, um, some, oh, yeah. of, some of it was well-written. Some of it was, just pandering almost uh, they like, had an odd an odd dis- dis- i don't know if things were different back then but they d- didn't use anybody's real name like it was tony dow with an extra a billingsley was spelled incorrectly I and saw they had that. A, jerry mathers with a g yeah in the uh connie franklin instead of connie francis right so it's, it's kind of odd that they did that yeah i think that that was just because they were doing a parody i with the leave it to beaver thing it stood out a bit just because were they worried about getting sued or? Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, on a, on Saturday Night Live, if they had a parody of Connie Francis, they would just use her name. Right. And I, th- I assume that's who they were doing. I don't know any, unless that was just a made-up character. Yeah, all I know is where Preston the boys Singer. are, I think, is was Connie Francis. Yeah, I don't know enough about her. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, I don't know. It's more, watching it was more like just seeing a time capsule of what comedy and sketch comedy was like at that point in time. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't particularly amusing or... Uh, laugh out loud funny. Definitely not laugh out loud funny. So it, it was groan out loud, uh, some of it to me. <laughs> but I, I, it is interesting to see how those, those young guys, like Eugene Levy as a young actor, and how he's changed and how he stayed the same. And the same with Catherine O'Hara and, well, same with John Candy, what he could have been. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think John Candy... I think John Candy was very beloved during his time and I think he you know he attained what the kind of fame that that he should have attained yeah oh I agree with that it's just too bad he's not around is all I'm saying yeah no I agree um that sausage in his aorta and uh that sausage that was his aorta by the end the uh yeah Eugene Levy um has was great on Freaks and Geeks and in all the uh, Christopher Guest movies yeah yeah they've all I'm, like I said, they're all obviously really talented, and we've. Spoke- and I, I was sorry to interrupt, but I was surprised to see Harold Ramis in this. I didn't realize he came from SCTV. Oh yeah, yeah, I remembered him. Um, from from watching it as a kid, I think when it was on, it was on like super late night. On yeah, uh, it was it, when this originally aired. It was on the same time as Friday Night Videos, so after Johnny Carson on Friday nights. Yeah, it was yeah. The, Friday Night Videos replaced this. Got but it. I never watched this. Like this, this thing we watched, this SCTV ninety. I never watched this. I, they they must have had something that came on later that was a half hour, like uh, this show squeezed into a half hour that was on syndication on like seven o'clock on Saturday nights. Oh yeah, they and, probably and, like, just chopped this up and yeah, and like eighty seven or eighty eight. That's what I watched, and it was kind of bad because it had a lot of it was with the Joe Flaherty and Andrea Martin characters, which I didn't like. But it had the J- John Candy in there sometimes, and Ed Grimley was a part of it too. Which I thought, for some reason, was originally was Saturday Night Live, but I was... I yeah, was no, he wrong. was SCTV first. Yeah. Well, uh, well, another thing about this, and I remember this from watching it as a kid, too, that, that was bizarre to me, was the laughter seemed very intrusive and and kind of inappropriate. Like, they would be busting a gut over something that wasn't particularly funny or that I couldn't even tell what they were laughing at sometimes. <laughs> The actual actors or the the canned laughter? Oh, the canned laughter. Yeah, I, I have to. I have to hope that's on purpose. <laughs> I that's what I couldn't tell if it was like a get a life thing. 
Uh-huh. But, but like there was a scene where um, there was this millionaire who was actually broke, but he was handing out uh, he would just hand out money to people or checks. Do yeah. you remember that? Um, yeah, it was and, funnier than it had any right to be because of John Candy. Because of John Candy. But there was a scene where John Candy was just like uh, haranguing the guy, the guy sitting <laughs> in his chair, and people are busting up. The audience is cracking up, and I was like, there's nothing going on to warrant this. <laughs> uh, so it's just it was just bizarre, and if that was part of it, then I appreciate it, but it, it, I couldn't tell. I think it was because, yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't anything especially funny with that that part of the scene except the guy's beard maybe that's what they were laughing at. i don't know i guess but it wasn't that funny no <laughs> um by even even by early 80s donor audience standards it wasn't that funny <laughs> and there was no audience it's not like Night live this was all taped and right right with canned laughter yeah um yeah so i, I mean i guess i guess that was part of the whole experience was the inappropriate canned laughter um but yeah i i I don't know. I would say, I don't say, I don't think I can recommend it. I, I would say watch it um, just just to get a sense of what it was. Yeah, I think if I were to, I think I would if I were to watch anything again, I would try to get one of the earlier instead of the NBC version, the like the Canadian CBC stuff. Yeah, C- stuff, just to see what that was like because this is, but apparently this is half of these skits were from the CB show. This wasn't all new material. No, it was like a clip show almost. Yeah. Yeah, so who knows if that's any better? Yeah, um, but it was it was interesting to watch. I'm glad I saw it. I probably won't watch that whole disc, but especially since the episodes are an hour long, that's that's too long. Oh, yeah, over an hour even. And and I just fast forwarded right through the musical. Uh, they they like had a musical guest who was Levon yeah. Helm of the band, who I, I'm like I have no interest in watching. Couldn't find the remote control, so I had to watch the first one. But the second one I fast forwarded through. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, early sketch comedy, so it's it's interesting in that regard, I guess. Um, but early sketch comedy and these these actors who went on to do greater things as young people is interesting too. Yeah, I mean they're all they're all really good. Um, I don't know what what became of Andrea Morton. Did she do anything after SCTV? I don't really know her that well, but the rest of them seem to to do pretty a lot of stuff. I don't know either, but I think I recall seeing she's done a lot of theater. Oh, okay. Um, and Joe Flaherty is cool. probably did the least of everybody, but you see him everywhere, so it's not like he had no career. He was pretty good. Yeah, no, they, he, they're all they're all really good. Um, and thankfully, they went on to other things because this this didn't work for me, especially. But um, is that it? Are we done with the uh, SCTV portion? I think so. All you right, take a break. Yeah, uh, we're gonna take a little break. So here's some music yeah. for you. There's a terrific, neolithic drive in the Pacific. They've got no cars, no televisions, nobody, no ambition, it's just some pigs and some chickens. And the last start of conversation, the League of Nations, the English patient, Joan of Arc, it's gonna take some imagination. from the break welcome back and uh the next show is one pat and i have talked about before on the on the podcast uh one that we really like community and we watched the first two episodes of the new season the fifth season it came back kind of as an hour-long block for the first two episodes right and um i don't know why they do that just to get just to fill up time or i don't i'm not real sure why they did that yeah, I don't know. I, it's just, yeah, it's some kind of marketing gimmick. Who knows why they think it's, it works, because I would have been just as happy to see Parks and Rec. Yeah, and, and then the next week Parks and Rec was back. But, uh, well, this this also marks the return of Dan Harmon, the show's creator, who was fired last season, and uh, he came back. And I have to say, I get what he was doing here, but... I almost felt like it was too dark and and almost uh, depressing. Yeah, I felt like with this episode was, I mean, I got what he was doing. It's I think the, the good community episodes are both interesting and funny, and this one was just interesting. It wasn't especially funny. It wasn't funny at all. I didn't think. Yeah, it 
it really did border on like kind of despondent to me. I mean, they've always he's always been able to do mixed darkness and comedy, but there wasn't Enough hardly any comedy. Yeah, yeah, in this one. Yeah. Um, and they had Rob Corddry, who's usually really funny, but it was just too, it was just stupid. I mean, not stupid, but just way over the top evil. So it wasn't even funny. It was too evil. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was, he was just, um, a hectoring, uh, jackass, <laughs> which, which he is, his character has been before, but it's, there was nothing else there. Right. Right. Um, and, and I kind of, you know, I think Dan Harmon, He's he's great. He's a great writer, and he's obviously um, super creative, and he's done great things with this show. But I almost feel like, in a way, this this was kind of him his fuck you to the network for firing him. And, yeah. And coming back and being like, oh, you thought it was dark before. This is what we can really do if we want to. You know. I mean, that's kind of how it felt to me watching it. I felt like that too. Not only fuck you to the network, but fuck you to everyone who was working on the show last year and trying to trying to. Because he even had that line with the the gas was it the gas leak year? Yeah, yeah, he did. Just kind of mocking the the previous year, which I think got unfairly ripped apart. I I thought it wasn't as good I, as I said. This one wasn't funny, but it was interesting. I felt like last season was funny, but not interesting. Yeah, I I think at the beginning of last season, I I said that uh it it seemed like community fanfic at first, but then I think they got their footing. I think so too, and I think it's unfair that he's ripping them apart for something. You know, it's just a job, right? Those guys, and, and they did they did keep the show going and didn't get it canceled, and it was good enough. So yeah, I yeah, don't like I, that. I think he said he made a comment about how it was like it felt like being raped or something yeah, watching stupid. that season. Yeah, I mean, there there's obviously ego involved, but you know, when you have people who are that creative and good at what they do, there's always ego involved. I can kind of, I can kind of let that kind of stuff slide. But, uh, but it, I mean, I think it was the people who were working on it last year were people who had been there with him. Uh, when well, he... the two showrunners were from another show. They were from uh, Happy Endings. Ah, we're, okay, okay, you're right. I, I, yeah, I forgot about but that. The, when they ran Happy Endings, it was actually a, a clever, very funny show. So they left Happy Endings and went to Community, and Happy Endings, when they were gone, was, was the Turned worst show ever. Yeah. It really did. It was, it was kind of... Uh, I was surprised by how bad it got so quickly. I didn't think that the uh, showrunners were that important, but they really are. So they weren't able to do like as good work as him, but I thought they did adequate work. Yeah, I, no, thought, but, but I thought it was back to, fine. I mean, yeah. it, it was for for a, a network sitcom, it was still better than most everything else that was on. And it's kind of impressive to take over someone's work who's so you know kind of eccentric and still be able to put something out there. Like most of their episodes were just kind of you know, standard sitcoms, but they they had a couple of fun, different episodes. Like the Muppet one was fun. Yeah. They, I mean, they, they kind of tried to do it in his voice as well as they could. I thought. Yeah. And it's just hard to do when the, the lead writer's gone and a couple other guys, like Starburns left too. He was one of the head writers. Right. He left right. Too. Um, although he did return as an actor this season, uh, yes. not, not in either of these episodes, but yeah, uh, that the, actually the third, the third, the third episode, episode was pretty is, good. Yeah, I was gonna say it's much better than the two we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm not, I'm not giving up on Community. Um, but yeah, it, it almost. This did. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. The, this did have a couple funny lines in it. This, the, the first episode, the the repilot, and as we said, a clever idea with the whole starting over stuff. But uh, the with uh, what's his name, uh, Don, Donald Glover. Uh, ripping on Zach Braff for only staying six episodes of that se- season of Scrubs when that's what he's doing for the season of Community. That was funny. Right, right. Uh, yeah, it's always very meta. This show. Um, we should yeah, yeah. we should say. I mean, I I guess we should give a brief synopsis. Um, it's it's about um how to get all these people who have graduated from the community college to return to the community college. And Jeff Winger uh, became a lawyer who then failed at that and and got all his shit repossessed so he came back with the idea of getting uh his former study group to sue the community college because none of their lives had turned out well either after graduating um but in the end he they ended up uh jeff got a job teaching at the college and and his study group all went back to attending to get different degrees um, and that, that was basically the gist of it. And then the, the second episode was more, you know, standard community stuff. But the first episode was really, 
really lacking in laughs. I, I don't think I I really laughed at all. Um, I, I might have chuckled once or twice. I, I think the only time I laughed was with Donald Glover making fun of Zach Braff, and that's about it. And what's he going on to do? Do you know? He's just concentrating I, on his hip-hop career or something? I, I guess he just doesn't want to do TV. I don't really know. Or writing, yeah. Who knows? Um, I yeah. thought he meant Zach Braff. He has, kicks, he has Kickstarter projects at the wazoo. Yeah, I know about his bullshit. Um, and he was in this episode. His voice. Oh, was it? Was that his voice? The voiceover thing? Yeah, the, the voiceover end? thing was. I don't know if it was. It was. They were watching the episode of Scrubs, and they were just showing the voice. They were just playing the voiceover from that episode. Oh, got it. Got it. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Zach Braff making a sequel to that terrible movie through kickstarter but you know i don't know i guess maybe one day when we get popular enough we can do a kickstarter and and we'll just re-record all our our first 50 episodes uh in his defense from what i understand it's kind of like Sufjan stevens he wants to do a movie for every state in the union so this one's going to be the beaver state well Sufjan stevens even gave up on that didn't he Unless... <laughs> i think it was a joke from the beginning yeah <laughs> or he's just doing it really slowly because he did, he started with Michigan and then did Illinois, which was awesome. But I think they, he just kind of was joking about it, and he did two states, and he's like, "Whatever I do, I do." <laughs> but I like the fact that uh, Zach Braff's not doing that. Oh God, me too. Um, well, the the second episode, um, the second episode was like I said, more standard community where Jeff settles into teaching a law class and uh, and tries to skate through it like he does with everything and then Annie calls him on it and then but there was a there was a funny scene in there because um uh the actor Kevin Corrigan who's in five billion things and he's been on community before he plays a uh uh film studies teacher and he's great in everything he does he's always just a little bit off um he seems kind of weird which I I really appreciate um like a like a much less so Christopher Walken in a way he was in a movie that I I heard the podcast with the guy who directed it. It was called, and I, it made me want to see the movie because he was he was just a really interesting guy. The guy who directed it. It was called A Guy Who Kills People. This guy who kills people, and it was about a serial killer. And it's it's kind of a strange movie, kind of a B movie sort of. And but he he's the star of it, and it has the uh, what's that guy's name from? Spin City, the mayor from Spin City. I forget his name, but he plays the sheriff. And it's an interesting movie. If someone someone likes horror movies, they should see this. Just to, to Barry get... Bostwick. Barry Bostwick, yeah. Okay. Um, and the it was uh, originally going to be directed by some big name, but that guy who couldn't do it. So this guy who directed Shark versus, I forget. He he directed some B movie like Shark uh, versus straight, Frog or something. Something like that. And, and he so he was more famous for that. But he did that. That was like he was doing the podcast, doing the interview, and he's a really interesting guy. And he's like, "That was just for money. I didn't have any choice in how I directed that movie. It was that was just totally for money. This movie, he had choices in how the movie was made, and he really loved it. It was like his, 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 his baby. So interesting to say. So have you seen it? Yeah. Oh, and it, it's cool to watch. It's all right. It's it's kind of it's it's a horror movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's worth seeing for the performances and, and and the fact that the people who made it, it was it was a work of uh, labor of love. Yeah, and Kevin Corrigan is always great. He always brings something. Yes, and he role. definitely he definitely was great in that. And you've seen him. Uh, if you don't look him up on IMDb, if you don't know who he is, but uh, he's been he, in everything. Yeah, yeah he's awesome. Um, and he played a a film studies teacher, as I said. Uh, and the assignment was Nicolas Cage, good or bad, and. Uh, he told them to watch five Nicolas Cage films and try to determine whether But Nicolas... only five. Yeah, but it drove Abed crazy because Abed is the uh the guy with autism, uh basically the the character um who's really into TVs and TV and movies and and he's the one who makes everything very meta and is is always uh referencing community as a TV show. And this class they were taking was a reference to a, a... A, a previous episode of Community where, um, uh, who's the boss? Yeah, where they had a class that, that that was who's the boss, and it was it was the the base, basis of the class was you can't figure it out, but he figured it out that Tony was the boss. That no, Angela was the boss. Angela was the boss. Okay, right. right. <laughs> um, 
But anyway, this drove Abed crazy because he couldn't figure out Nicolas Cage. And uh, he did one great scene where he came into class and kind of basically turned into Nicolas Cage. That was really funny and really well done from the actor. It was hilarious, great acting. And, uh, but still overall, the episode kind of depressing. It it was a step up from the first. It was a step up, but they kind of kept the depressing tone. Um, and and maybe that's why they showed these two back to back because they wanted to to get rid of the depressing right away. I think so. Uh, I was listening to an episode of, uh, Dan Harmon's podcast, uh, because he had Mitch Hurwitz on and, uh, he was talking about, um, uh, he, he readily admits his faults, I think, which I, I give him credit for. He was talking about um, how people were getting pissed at him for being so um, so crazy about the writing and rewriting and editing and, and, you know, just going to all hours. And he was like, you know what? Fuck you then. We'll do this all in eight hours. And he, like, wrote it. And he was like, you know what? It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> it turned out to be fine. Um, and I don't know if that was one of these episodes or not, but... Uh, but yeah, definitely by the third episode of this season, it it picked up and and lightened up a bit, which which I was happy for. Um, you can't, like we said, it's it's cool when you can mix mix the darkness and comedy, but when you let it tip over too much to the darkness side, then it's not really what the audience wants from from a thirty minute sitcom. Right. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I think he I think he faltered a bit uh, coming back, but. But I'll I'll keep watching, and also the return of John Oliver in the third episode uh, was also pleasant. So I think it's I think it's back on track to be. Do you think this is its last season? I can't. I'm I, not I sure don't if know. I know that or not. I don't know how they can keep going. I mean, they've already had to totally switch things up just to get them back into community college for this season. Right, um, but they have two years left. That's that's true, but Donald Glover leaving, I yeah, that's a that's, that's a serious a blow to the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's like Barney Miller without Hal Linden, you know. Although actually, I'd still watch that. I don't understand that reference. Sorry, that's for us oldsters. Um, it's more like Barney Lind. Lin- I mean Barney Miller without that Chinese guy. Oh, Jack Sue, the great, the late great Jack Sue. And I don't know if it's true, but I was under the impression when I was a little kid that he he died while the show was being filmed. He did, that, yes. Okay. Oh, while it was being filmed. Oh, I while don't was, know about that. So. While it was being filmed, and that people watching the show watched him die. So that's probably that's like a Jerry Mathers in Vietnam urban legend. No, it was. It wasn't like other kids said. I, I other kids weren't watching Barney Miller when I was that's eight true. years old. That's true. But I, I I watched the show, and there was a special episode talking about the guy dying. And like all the actors were were sad about it, and I was like, the last episode they must they must have died while the show was airing. <laughs> that was just my so impression of it. it. Might have, yeah, it might have just been your your kids' uh, interpretation of yeah, the event. Yeah, yeah. But that it would be been awesome. Much, much better. Yeah. I mean, it was they, a, it was a funny part of that show. That's for sure. Yeah, especially since they probably wouldn't have even been able to tell for like ten minutes. <laughs> he was so stoic on that show. And just think, Ava Good is still alive. What? Eight, Dude, and he looks the same. <laughs> I know. I we talked about it recently. I recently watched The Godfather, and that was what seventy two, and he looks the same. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, I, I, I guess now if someone mentions Ava Goda, you either know him because of the joke from Conan O'Brien, or just the joke that he has that website, or people have that website as Ava Goda, or you know him from Godfather. But right. I, in the eighties, people knew him from from as Fish. Yeah, Fish so from funny, Bunny Miller, and, and even though the Godfather came first, but that was just a bigger part at that time. It's funny how things change. And let's not forget the spinoff show, Fish. Yes, well, yeah, that's why I just say Fish, where he had like five thousand kids or something. I don't. Even, yeah, I, I think I saw the show, but I don't remember it at all. I I remember it being kind of depressing. Well, yeah, they all lived in these like New York City tenements in the late late seventies. <laughs> Everything was run down. I mean, even, you know, you watch All in the Family, everything's run down. You watch Taxi, everything looks like shit. Things are getting better for, by the time Taxi comes around, though. Somewhat, but like Alex's apartment and shit, it's, yeah, 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 it's not great. Um, it's not tell friends that uh, New York has really cleaned up. Yeah, thank you, Courtney Cox. And Friends was based in St. Louis. Little known fact. Um. Not not just St. Louis, but uh, St. Louis, Montana. Not even Missouri. So, 
And that's the M. That's all that matters. Yep. Well, that's all that matters with any of those uh, flyover states. You, your state starts with an M. You're mostly all right, except for Missouri. The uh, show me. Are we done with community then? I don't have much to add. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes this season. But me too. I can't imagine it hanging on for too much longer. I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes and, and also seeing where the actors go after the show goes off. Me too. They're they're all very good. They are, but I don't know if they can all go somewhere else. The sta- well, Joel McHale will have a comedy career. Uh, yeah, Joel McHale is fine, but the, other, the other guys are a little bit... I don't know. If he, well, like Danny Pudi, is that how you say his name? Mm-hmm. Pudi? Um, he is, what, Indian, I guess? And... Um, and, you know, there's not a lot of roles for that, but yeah, he's, he's a very talented guy, so I'd like to see him get more work. I think Allison Brie is great. I think I um, think of everyone aside from Joel McHale, I think Allison Brie probably has the best chance of going on to do a lot of stuff, because she already has Mad Men. Yeah, so. yeah, and she's really good and, and just bubbly. I think maybe Shirley might be the, the least likely to get more roles. Uh, I could see her doing a lot of... Uh, character work in, in television. Yeah. She was in an episode of The Office. Do you remember? I do. Yeah, she worked at uh, yeah, like Staples. Office Depot or Staples. Yeah, Dwight, very, and she was very funny in it too. So, no, she's good. I just, yeah, um, yeah. No, I see what you're. I, I think this is the, probably the biggest role she'll get. But I think she could do fine in another big role. So I hope she gets one. I, I, do hope, too. I hope they all get one. Well, yeah, me too. I, I just think you know Hollywood being what it is. If you're, yeah. if you're not white and uh gorgeous it's it's a lot harder so right um, and even britta i don't i think she's probably the weakest link not only as characters but in the cast as, as far as act acting i agree although so she, i don't know what will happen with her but she's she's very attractive so she has that going for her yeah and she's pretty funny when i've heard her on like comedy bang bang and stuff um, yeah that's good so uh well you want to take another break and we'll come back and do our golden globe nominations sounds good all right break number two it's a new thing for us. Here we go. We had a comrade, a brave comrade. He could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero. Tried talking about Shamiro to computers wearing earphones. He almost died for conversation. Hallucinations, good vibrations Van Dyke Park's Greyhound Racing Steeplechasing, the Reformation Transubstantiation, Brian Stucker's creation The land of the Thracians And right back to the start It's gonna take some time and patience But all the best things Alright, we're back, and I should mention It's been a while, uh the theme song and the break music is The Lost Art of Conversation by The Divine Comedy. The Divine Comedy is basically Neil Hannon, a great singer-songwriter uh, out of uh, London by way of Ireland, I believe. Um, so go buy all his stuff. It's all. Does on he iTunes. have anything new coming soon? Not that I know of. He did. That stinks. Yeah, he did the uh, well, the Duckworth Lewis method. method um, oh. Which, which is a group he does with uh, another musician whose name I'm blanking on right now. Um, but uh, they've done two albums, and they're, the albums are concept albums about the sport of cricket. Oh, that um, is awesome. And he had, he had, they had their second album last year. Um, so he's, he's keeping busy, but I'd love to see something new from the Divine Comedy because it's been, well, almost four years now. Now, I, I, I don't remember what, what it was, but I think I heard it was like five or six years ago that I heard... He did uh, vocals to the music from Amelie, or music similar to the music from Amelie. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I have no idea. He was singing in French. Oh, I'll look it up to see if I'm crazy or not. Oh, that, but, that's pretty awesome. I would get, I would pick that up. Well, we're both huge fans. We'll we'll follow him anywhere. Yes, yes, he's awesome. I saw him live once, and it was really good. And all of his CDs are good, and I like him a lot. Yeah, saw him live quite a few times, and and always excellent. Um, and I should. I should say that uh, if you if you want to get started, I think to me tonight we fly is probably the most beautiful song in the world. Um, 
so tonight we fly you should check out but uh here we are with the golden globes golden globes are well they will have they will have already aired by the time this comes out but but we promise we haven't seen it yet so these predictions are from the heart yeah they are um are you on the site i am all right you want to start it off should we first talk about why emma thompson is grateful for menopause what is that up there? No, I skipped all that. Let's not. I mean, I think we all can we all can deduce that. Okay. All right. Uh, so, Motion Pictures. I guess I'll start it off since you dropped the ball there. Motion Pictures Best Drama. We got Twelve Years a Slave, Captain Phillips, Gravity, Philomena, Rush. Uh, I'm gonna say Twelve Years a Slave. That's the kind of thing I feel like these uh, awards ceremonies are made for. I I have to agree. I I kind of I don't I haven't seen any of them, and I don't know what Philomena is, but I think Twelve Years a Slave is probably going to win that. I think Philomena has um, Steve Coogan, but I don't really know what it's about. So yeah, I'm going to say that. I did see Gravity. I can't see it beating out Twelve Years a Slave. So the uh, only re- the only thing I could see is Captain Phillips, just because of Tom Hanks, because everyone loves Tom Hanks. But no, I think Twelve Years a Slave is going to win. Yeah. Um, all right. You want to go next? Best musical comedy. You have American Hustle, Her, Inside Llewellyn Davis, Nebraska, The Wolf of Wall Street. That's pretty my, tough, actually. Yeah, yeah. Pick. I don't know what Nebraska is. It's my, that one. It's uh, Alexander Payne. It's got the oh, dude from Saturday Night Live and uh, Bruce Dern. I need to see every single movie on this list, and I haven't seen any of them, but I've been wanting to see all the others, and now I want to see Nebraska because Alexander Payne is awesome. And uh, for my choice, I think I'd say American Hustle is going to win just because – it's got so, so much buzz. Star power. Yeah. All right, then I'll go contrary and I'll say The Wolf of Wall Street um, because it's Scorsese and everybody loves Scorsese. Um, but he doesn't often win awards. But it's okay. true. Uh, although Golden Globes, I'm not sure about. I know Oscars. Yeah, it's true. They had to I wait till that kind of terrible The Departed to give him the Academy Award. But um, I wouldn't go as far to call it terrible, but okay. Eh, I said kind of terrible. Um, her, I've heard good, heard good things about, but it doesn't seem like a, a Golden Globe winner to me. Um, Inside Lewin Davis, I think, is probably too small, although the Coen brothers are always great. Um, all right, uh, best director. Let's see, Alfonso Cuaron, Gravity, uh, Paul Greengrass, Captain Phillips, Steve McQueen, 12 Years a Slave, Alexander Payne, Nebraska, David O. Russell, American Hustle. That's another tough one. Um, I would kind of go with Alfonso Cuaron just because gravity was so visually uh, inventive, but it, it could easily go to, you know, Steve McQueen or David O. Russell, who are also really great directors. I think I'm going to say Steve McQueen. Yeah. I think 12 years of slaves going to be the, a big winner at this. Is that your choice too? No, I'm still going to, I'm going to go with gravity just for director. Cause I think, I think it'll get best picture. And pro- mm-hmm. probably best actor, Twelve Years a Slave. So they might want to mix it up. Um, all right, next up, best actress in the drama: Kate, Blas- Kate Blanchett, Blue Jasmine, Sandra Bullock, Gravity, Judy Dench, Philomena, Emma Thompson, Saving Mr. Banks, Kate Winslet, Labor Day. Don't know. Uh, I know people love Kate Winslet at awards time. My guess is going to be Sandra Bullock. Really? Yeah, I can't. Having seen the movie, I, I can't go along with it, but possibly. Actually, I've heard great things about Kate Blanchett and Blue Jasmine, so I'm going with that. I think that was the the Woody Allen movie, right? Mm-hmm. With Louis C.K. and stuff. All right, yeah, I'm going to say that. You know, Woody Allen, also much uh, loved by voters. Uh, best actor in a drama. Oh, my God, dude. I can never say this to Chiwetel... Anyway, he's going to win. 12 Years a Slave is going to win. I'm not even going to read the rest of them. Idris Elba, Mandela, Tom Hanks, Matthew McConaughey, Robert Redford. I'm saying Idris Elba. Really? For yeah. Mandela? Long Walk to Freedom? Never even heard it. I didn't even know that was a movie. Uh, well, I mean, he was great on The Wire, of course, which you still need to watch. Um, I've heard great things about Matthew McConaughey and Dallas Buyers Club and Robert Redford in All is Lost because that one's basically a one-man show, I guess. Um, but I'm still saying 12 Years a Slave. All right, you say... I'm just being contrary. I, you I say think, Idris Elba, but you think I, probably 12 Years a Slave dudes... Yeah, come. without having seen it, but Idris Elba's kind of awesome. People like him, so it has a chance. Who votes on this? Foreign, The foreign press, right? Yeah, Hollywood foreign press. Yeah, who knows? So it's hard to... Yeah, it's really hard to say. All right, uh, best actor in a musical or comedy, Christian Bale, American Hustle, Bruce Dern, Nebraska, 
Leonardo DiCaprio, Wolf of Wall Street, Oscar Isaac, Inside Lewin Davis, Joaquin Phoenix, Her. Uh, I'm going I'm to gonna say Leonardo DiCaprio. Really? Yeah, I just I don't like him uh, so much <laughs> that I'm going to go with Joaquin Phoenix for her because I heard it was a good performance. That was my second choice. You, you don't like him? I kind of like him. I don't, I don't have any reason not to like him. I mean, I love him on Growing Pains, of course, but... Well, yeah, that goes without saying. I don't and know what, what it is. It's just that he still looks 12 years old, and it, it, <laughs> it bothers me to see him playing adults. Even though he's an adult, he, he just doesn't look like an adult to me. Um, he looks like this dude I thought was really good looking in kindergarten. Um, <laughs> it might be him. It, it very, I could have very well have gone to kindergarten with Leonardo DiCaprio. I did go to like three different kindergartens. Um, I've always thought that Leonardo DiCaprio and River Phoenix were the same person. I have no proof that I'm wrong either. Nope. I, Leonardo DiCaprio didn't start acting until River Phoenix allegedly died outside the Viper room. So. And it's funny that he and Joaquin are in the same ballot, yet they're not talking to one another. You know? Hey. Best actress in a musical or comedy. Amy Adams, American Hustle. Julie Delpy, Before Midnight. Greta Gerwig, Francis Ha. Joy Louis-Dreyfus, Enough Said. Meryl Streep, August Osage Connolly. Meryl Streep. I'm going to say Amy Adams. I think Meryl Streep has won enough. And I think uh, American Hustle is, is a much bigger deal than August Osage County. Yeah, but they just see Meryl Streep and just automatically check against her name. I know, that's probably true, but I'm still going to go with Amy Adams. Uh, the only one of these I've actually seen was Before Midnight. Um, and it was fine. Julie Delpy did a good job, as she always does, but I don't think she has a chance against Amy Adams or Meryl Streep. So It's an right. honor just to be nominated. That's what Greta Gerwig's practicing saying all night long. Is Amy Adams already won two Oscars or just one? Fuck if I know, dude. I, I really got to keep up on my Amy Adams trivia. Uh, office from the also from the office. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, that's that that has been my New Year's resolution. Uh, follow Amy Adams' career, but I haven't done such a great job so far. Oh, also, Idris Elba was on the office. Yes, he was. Um, so lots of people from the office. Nominated. Meryl Streep. On the office. Oh, I, I, thought, I thought she played Dwight. Banks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Kathy Bates. Bates. Uh, okay, best and Catherine Banks. Best supporting actress. Oh, they don't say whether it's a musical or a comedy. I guess they don't break these up. Uh, that doesn't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Sally Hawkins, Blue Jasmine, Jennifer Lawrence. There you go, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, oh wait, Jennifer. Julia Roberts is on there too, though. Um, I'm gonna go Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, I'm gonna say Jennifer Her Lawrence time. too. Yep, she's uh she's very charming. She's she's okay. Like like I said, not not that great in uh. What was the name of that movie? Silver Linings Playbook, I didn't think. Not deserving of an Oscar. Um, I, I really thought Bradley Cooper did a much better job. But but she is very lovely and uh, lovable. So, yeah, I say Jennifer Lawrence. All right. There's a – did we already talk about that clip where there's a retarded kid that lives where she grew up that is in, enamored with her? No. But, oh, it's on. it was on the news station wherever she grew up. I forget where it was, somewhere in the south. Oh, did she and go this, totally make out with him and shit? <laughs> I hope not, but he's oh. he's talking about her the, the entire time, and uh, and then she's, he says, I call her all the time, and, and, you know, watching the show, you just think he's joking, but on the news clip, he calls her up, and she talks to her for, like, five minutes, so it was really cute, and at some other point during the news clip, he's, the, the reporter's talking to her, and Jennifer Lawrence's mom is talking, so it's the three of them talking, and then this kid's... Well, kid, I guess he's like 19 or 20, but whatever. His, his cell phone rings, and he says, I have to take this in the middle of the news report. I thought it was really funny. Well, I... Yeah, I think she's very likable. I think she seems really cool. Um, so why not? Why not give it to her? Yeah. All right. Best supporting actor: Barkad Abdi, Captain Phillips, Daniel Brühl, Rush, Bradley Cooper, American man. Hustle, Mac, Michael Fassbinder. Twelve. I didn't know he was in that. Twelve Years a Slave. Jared Leto, Dallas Buyers Club. I will guess Michael Fassbinder. It's gonna be Fassbender or Jared Leto. I've heard a lot of good things about Jared Leto as well. Um, all right, you say Fastbender. I'll say Lido just to just to mix it up. Um, best screenplay: Spike Jones, Her, Bob Nelson, Nebraska, uh, Jeff Pope, Steve Coogan, Philomena, John Ridley, Twelve Years a Slave, Eric Warren, Warren Singer, David O. Russell, American Hustle. Uh, tough. It's got to be Twelve Years a Slave or American Hustle, I would guess. I'm gonna guess Spike Jones. For her, yeah, that's uh, true. True, that's another good. All right, I, well, I'm. You know, I've already picked a bunch of 12 Years a Slave. I'm going to say uh, American Hustle. 
for best screenplay. Uh, is it my turn or yours? I think it's my turn. Okay. Do you want to do best foreign language film? I don't know anything about these. I don't know. Just... I'm going to say uh, Blue is the Warmest Color because it's the only one I've really heard of. We'll probably win. Uh, it's funny how all these the, the Blue is the Warmest Color and then the rest of them have a the. I will say The Wind Rises because wind often rises. It's true. The wind does rise and that that's very profound. So that that's a good pick. Uh, all right. Why don't you pick the next one then since that wasn't a real one. Best animated feature, The Croods, Despicable Me 2, Frozen. First time in a long time you don't have a Pixar movie in here. Yeah, oh, there shit, was no. Oh, there I was know. one. Uh, I'll d- say Frozen. Frozen's very popular. Is it? I'll say Despicable Me 2. That's, you know, whatever. There's uh, someone from The Office in it. Let's skip Best Original Song and Best Score. What do you say? I don't know any of this shit. Go right to TV. Go to TV. This is our, this is our uh, métier. So... Best TV comedy or musical? Girls, Modern Family, Parks and Recreation, Big Bang Theory, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I mean, I just got to go with what I want to win, which is Parks and Recreation. Yeah, I almost say Brooklyn Nine-Nine because I'm surprised it's even nominated. It's kind of awesome. But yeah, Parks and Rec. Yeah, I I mean, I, I'm thinking maybe Hollywood Foreign Press might go for Girls. Uh, I thought Big Bang Theory had it locked, locked in, but... Maybe. That's true if there's a lot of French people. If you've ever been to France and watched their sitcoms, it's it's a level below Mexican sitcoms. They're they have the worst taste in comedy. So maybe maybe if if there's a large French contingent voting, I'd say Big Bang Theory, but I'm I'm going to go with Parks and Rec. All right. Best TV drama, Breaking Bad, Downton Abbey, or as we say in some areas Downtown Abbey, The Good Wife. House of Cards, Master of Sex, Masters of Sex. I gotta go Breaking Bad. It was the final season. I don't, I don't really think any of these other ones come close. But I, I, I guess this is prediction. So we're predicting. Oh, you say Breaking Bad. I'll say House of Cards because I liked House of Cards and I actually watched it. It's the only other one that really stands a chance. I think. Um, but Good Wife is good. Yeah, I haven't seen it, so I. It I deserves can't. the nomination. Masters of Sex, I never really watched. And Downtown Abbey, I never watched. People love it, though. So It shouldn't win, no. Uh, it's, I mean, I, I think it's almost 100% a lock for Breaking Bad, but we'll see. Uh, best, best Actress in a TV Drama, Juliana Margulies, The Good Wife, uh, Tatiana Maslany, Orphan Black. Have you seen Orphan Black? No, you've recommended it. Also. Chick is amazing, dude. Um, Taylor Schilling, Orange is the New Black. I don't know which one she is, but if she's the main uh, character, she should not be nominated. Kerry Washington Scandal, Robin Wright, House of Cards. Very strong category. I think Tatiana Maslany should win. Um, and since it's a Hollywood foreign press and not uh, actual Hollywood, I'm going to say she will win because she did a phenomenal job on this show. Um, just to be contrary, I'll choose someone else. Robin Wright Robin Wright is really, really good in House of Cards. I, I thought she was excellent. So. Yep, can't argue with that. It's It's a... It's a strong category. Um, I can't imagine. I, I, I haven't seen Orange New Black. I haven't seen Orphan Black. Um, so I can't judge those. But the other three are, I wouldn't be disappointed if any of those three won. They're very good. Yeah, everybody's good in that category. Um, best Actress in a TV Comedy. Zoe Deschanel, New Girl. Lena Dunham, Girls. Edie Falco, Nurse Jackie. Julie, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Veep. Amy Poehler, Parks and Rec. Again, I gotta go with Amy Poehler, although Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Well, you know these are all these are all good people too. Uh, Zoe Deschanel is my least favorite, probably of these, but um, I, I would like Amy Poehler to win. I think she deserves to win, um, but I wouldn't be sad if Julia Louis-Dreyfus won. I agree, Amy Poehler. I I wouldn't be sad if Julia Louis-Dreyfus won. I, Edie Falco, that's supposed to be a good show. I'm sure she's good in it. I don't uh, know about girls. Uh, people like it, so that'd be fine. Zoe Deschanel, the show's not as good as it used to be, but she's just as good, so I'd be fine with her. But Amy Poehler's the best. Amy Poehler's the best of them. Yeah, and Edie Falco's got a bunch of awards. Julia Louis-Dreyfus has awards. I think give it to... I think even Lena Dunham has an award. Um, I think give it to Amy Poehler so she, she can award herself. I think that would be awesome. She, yeah, she's... She's funny. Maybe the funniest person on TV right now. Yeah. Uh, her and Louis C.K., I'd say. I, I've been re-watching uh, Parks and Rec from the beginning of the past few months, and it's 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 really good show. And it's and uh, something that's great about it is that in the start, they'll have jokes, and they, they'll lay off those jokes as the show goes on because the writers know that they don't need to do it anymore. Like in the beginning when uh, Ben first gets to Pawnee, they have a lot of fish-out-of-water jokes with him, and eventually those jokes start. And I, I mean, those jokes stop, and I think that's awesome. 
Hey, uh, you getting a sext? <laughs> That's that sound is in your brain. Oh, well, best I'm... actor in a TV drama: Brian Cranston, Breaking Bad; Liv Schreiber, Ray Donovan; Michael Sheen, Masters of Sex; Kevin Spacey, House of Cards; James Spader, The Blacklist. Uh, gotta go to Brian Cranston. Sorry, I I'm gonna go James Spader. Really? I would I thought you would have said Kevin Spacey. But, no, uh, I picked too much House of Cards. Kevin Spacey probably deserves it, but but the James Spader is really popular in that show, so I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if he won. So that's kind of a a guess that's based on you know what people think. People like that show and they like him, so well, it's a chance. People love Breaking Bad. I mean, that's true, and it's the last chance to last chance to give him an award. So, um, well, speaking of, sorry, now I'm going back to. Uh, when you're talking about Parks and Rec, I've been rewatching like 30 Rock and reruns now. Mm-hmm. And one thing I never noticed is Jenna is constantly talking about Mickey Rourke. I don't know if you picked up on <laughs> that. It's hilarious. She's like obsessed with him and she always has some horrible story about him. Um, there, you'll, uh, when you get to the last episode, or one of the, in the last season, there's, there's like a moment of truth where she says, I've never even met Mickey yeah. Rourke. I know I saw it. It's it's hilarious that they set that up for so many seasons, and yeah. I hadn't picked up on it when I was watching it week to week. So, um, best actor in a TV comedy: Jason Bateman, Arrested Development; Don Cheadle, House of Lies; Michael J. Fox, Michael J. Fox Show; Jim Parsons, Big Bang Theory; Andy Samberg, Brooklyn Nine Nine. I mean, I would love to see Jason Bateman win it. I think as far as acting goes, he probably did the best job. Of all these, I think Andy Samberg kind of plays himself on yeah, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. No, he's great. Um, you know, Jim Parsons, whatever. He's he's won a million times at the Emmys, at least. I need to watch House of Lies. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Don Cheadle's... Don Cheadle is always awesome, great. except for one time. Yep, 99% and, of the time, so... And uh, uh, Veronica Mars is in it. What's her name? Kristen Bell is in it. It it's, has to be a good show, so I need to start watching House of Lies. Yeah. Um, gonna, uh, my choice, I'm going to say... Uh, Jason Bateman. Yeah, me too. Um, okay, do you want to do the best miniseries? I haven't. Se- oh, I've seen Top of the Lake. No. Uh, yeah, let's skip bother. it. Best actress in a TV. That's it. Yep, we're done. So those are our predictions. We're not predicting. Oh wait, the- we're not done. Best supporting. Uh, who cares? Yeah, those are TV show miniseries. That's so. kind of. It's weird how they have this best supporting actor in a TV show miniseries or TV. They, so they put supporting actor for all in one. Right. So, there's someone from Modern Family along with someone from Dancing on the Edge or whatever that is. Anyway, yeah, we're done. Oh, oh, I didn't know. You know what? I didn't recognize that. Um, well, let's do those. The Best Supporting okay. Actress and Actor. Okay, so you go Best Supporting Actress in a TV show, miniseries, or movie. Jacqueline Bissett, Dancing on the Edge, Janet McTeer, White Queen, White Queen Hayden, Hayden Penetera, Nashville, Monica Potter, Potter, Parenthood, Sofia Vergara, Modern Family. Ugh. Uh, I gotta go Sofia Vergara there's so much love for that show I'm gonna say Hayden Panettiere Panettiere yeah I mean it's that's supposed to be a good show too it's so. pretty good it's not it, and I just I don't know it's, it's it feels like the kind of award she would get like people like that she does singing and she's young and pretty and they'll vote for her well best supporting actor in a TV show miniseries or TV movie Josh Charles The Good Wife Oh, that's a Dead Poet Society dude, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob Lowe, Behind the Candelabra. I kind of want to see that now, knowing Rob Lowe's in it. Um, Wait a minute, is that the one with Michael Michael, Michael Douglas? Douglas? And yeah, yeah. Didn't know Rob Lowe was in and, it. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Paul, Breaking Bad, Corey Stoll, House of Cards. Don't. Oh, House of Cards. Um, yeah, House of Cards is the Kevin Spacey one, right? Mm-hmm. Cor- Corey Stoll. Corey Stoll don't, is don't the, know which. Is he the dude Pencil- that? Pennsylvania senator. Yeah. Got it. Uh, John Voight, Ray Donovan. Uh, once again, got to go with Breaking Bad and Aaron Paul. It's his last chance to win. Uh, I think he's going to pull it out. I will go with Josh Charles and The Good Wife. All right. You've seen it. I haven't. So those are our predictions, people. We'll see how wrong we are when we do our bonus episode, which I think will come out on Wednesday. Yep. Um, and now it's time for recommendations. Pat and I... Uh, we're just for once we fortuitously agreed. talking about this before the show, and we realized we both picked the same. Yeah, the same uh, recommend. So we have the same recommendation this week. You want to go for it, Pat? Everyone should go right now and join Amazon and watch the entire run of Veronica Mars. 
Veronica or buy Mars. the DVDs and be ready for March 14th when the movie comes out and watch the movie. It's a terrific show from, I know people don't like the second and third seasons as much. The first season's perfect. Second season's not as good, but very good. Has Steve Gutenberg as a main character and he's fine in it. And then the third season, she goes to college. Great stuff. And then there was supposed to be, or there was talk of a fourth season where she was in the FBI and that never happened, but it's a great show and you should watch it. It's a fantastic show. And, uh, I mean, I think one of the best first seasons of any show, of any show, I'd, I'd put it up there with, you know, The Sopranos and The Wire and Deadwood and Breaking Bad. I mean, it's... And I think it should get extra credit for being on a, a not on a cable network where it was able to do such great work. Yeah. Like CW or, I don't know, one of those kind was, of channels. Yeah, it was on the CW, which has never done anything else worth watching, but... Uh, but it's a really great show, and it, it touches on issues of class and race and celebrity and sexism, uh, but not in, uh, not in a stupid law and order type way. Uh, it's very smart, and it's... Very subtle. Yeah. Very good. And, it has and lots of great cameos, too. It's, yeah, it does. Lots of great actors. Um, it's done by the guy who did Party Down, so if you're a fan of Party Down, you really need to check out Veronica Mars. Uh, different kind of show, but it's you know it's a it's both a high school show and a mystery and and it's just really superbly done. It's um, uh, kind of noirish. Yeah, yeah, much darker than you would think. Uh, they got away with a lot on on a yeah. network show. Um, it had um, Josh Whedon was had a cameo, George Michael and maybe had cameos, and there's others. Oh, uh, Paris Hilton. Yeah, don't let that put you off the Paris. Hilton. No. Uh, it's it's a phenomenally good show. Uh, I didn't I didn't catch on to it until after it had uh, been canceled, but uh, but it definitely deserves to be in the company of those shows I mentioned. Um, I think something happened. I think the first season it was kind of a, a critic starling and everybody loved it, but it didn't get the ratings. So it came back because of the critical acclaim, but it got some interference from the network in the second season. So it wasn't it, they weren't allowed to be as dark. Right, right. The the first seasons. Definitely the best. Nobody disagrees with that. But it's, no, the it's first worth watching all the way through. All the way through. It, it has... Uh, the main actors are all great. Kristen Bell plays Veronica Mars. Her father's played by a guy who you've seen in a lot of stuff who's really good. And I don't remember his name. Do you? No, I don't. But he, yeah, he's in a million things. You'll know him when you see him. He played, the, I think, the alien in that Tim Allen space movie. Galaxy Quest? Galaxy Quest. He was in that, and he was funny in that. He's good in everything he does. And he was in uh, that... Terrible show with David Spade. Anyway. Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, just shoot me. Just shoot me. He was the he was the boss. I think. Or, oh yeah, he was a photographer, right? The boss was George Siegel. Yeah, unfortunately. But uh, uh, yeah, great acting all around. It has uh, oh, go see it. More than the cameos, there's uh, small parts were played by good actors. Everybody's Scott great. Yes. Was an episode the guy from going back to Tim Allen, the guy, the, the kid from that show was the kid from home improvement was in an episode in a really good role where he played a, a cop who was, uh, anyway, oh, yeah. watch the show. JTT watch the show. man, Jonathan Taylor <laughs> Thomas. Great stuff. It's, it's excellent. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think that's, I don't think we could praise it highly <laughs> I don't think we could praise it highly either. Um, and, for our next episode, it's going to be another comic book one. Have you decided, Pat? We're doing the Private Eye again. That's our it's our continuing series of comic books. Uh, old versus new. New is always going to be the Private Eye. But have you picked the old comics I, that you want to do yet? Uh, I thought it would be some seventies or eighties Batman. Okay, if you've got it um, and you can send it to me, then I'm I'm down for that. Okay. Actually, I've got I've got the Frank Miller Dark. What is it? Dark Knight Returns Rise. I don't know. I get them mixed up with the movies. I've got the graphic novel of the Dark Knight one, um, the first Frank Miller one. If you want to do that, oh, ah, maybe we'll we'll talk about it. Okay, but some kind of Batman versus the Private Eye for next week. And uh, yeah, I think I think that's good. Uh, I've been drinking a beer this whole time, so I'm I'm not really willing to go off on any kind of tangents. And I haven't shooting up heroin. It'll just be a lot of belches. Yeah, and Pat will just be a lot of vomiting. So, so I think better than usual. About yeah, ten percent better than our than our usual. We we'll do a bonus episode of uh, burping and vomiting at some point. But uh, until then, 
have a good uh, whatever the fuck you're doing with your life, and uh, we'll see you next time. So goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. On a beach dreary cold and sea, love me. Why did she do it? Was she scared? Was she bored? On a beach dreary cold and sea, love me. Why did she do it? Was she scared? Was she pushed? Something pretty well you can Don't fall asleep Skating a pirouette on ice Is cool Do something pretty well you can Don't be a fool Reading the gospel to yourself Is fine Oh, man.